So we were talking about um, practicing with um, craving and clinging, yeah? and we we're talking about you know not not getting to um, not getting too um, focused on telling them apart, but seeing them as this movement of a thirst for experience, of a push and pull on the experience, and this kind of we just ha had this from Aura, the magnetic field. <laughs> feeling the magnetism that's there, you know, of getting pulled into things. Um, and so we can see one thing that we can see from craving into clinging, there's a process of inter intensification. Yeah, it gets more intense, right? It's like, a, um, you know, if we're using this image of the sensor that kind of notices something and then hones in on it, yeah, and um, attaches onto it. So this whole, there's an intensity that builds up. Um, and with that intensity, the other thing that builds up alongside the intensity is a sense of uh, demand on the experience and very much a sense of um, for me. <laughs> yeah, is this good for me? Yeah. Is this not good for me? We heard it, you know, very beautifully in, um, you know, in relationship to love, right? In in the questions we just had. Yes, my friend, my cat, yeah. Um, my love, <laughs> yeah, that the, the cat has, yeah. Like we all know this. Yeah. So the, the, the sense of for me, the sense of kind of focused, focused more on me uh, and mine and the sense of demand kind of intensify um, in the process. Um, and also with that, yeah, the, and, and this kind of tends to be a little bit in the background, it's happening, but we're seeming to be focused on the object, yeah, so the focus on the object reveals the building up of the sense of self. So we might not even be noticing that the self-sense, the self-identity, that that's building up in the background. We might not even be noticing that. Yeah, because we're so focused on on the object, whatever that is. So this, um, you know, we can, we can see this as the kind of like a spectrum or a movement, yeah, of um, craving, clinging, becoming, yeah, the next link, bhava, yeah, the b h a v a, the next link in the in the map of dependent origination, yeah. It's the next link, and it's the this kind of a positioning of the sense of self in relationship to something, yeah. It builds up in relationship to something. It needs the other thing in order um, to to build build itself. And I think we already spoke about how we can start to hear it in our thoughts, in the language, or if we're talking, yeah. Um, you know, we start to say, "I'm angry," yeah or I need this, yeah, or I know, <laughs> or I'm like this, you know, but we start to hear, it's really obvious in the language when we listen to our thoughts, we listen what comes out of our mouth. Yeah. And, you know, alongside with, um, with this kind of identity also come behaviors, yeah, so we can see how this, it's not, it's an internal process, but it spills out uh, into the world very much, yeah, it propels us to act, to choose, to say, to do. Uh -huh. 
And so, you know, this process of becoming, becoming is a process, yeah, process of becoming someone or becoming something. Yeah. I just want to say, um, just like um, craving and clinging, yeah, they sound like they're just the attachment to something, but they actually include the aversion and the resistance, right? So the process of becoming <laughs> includes non-becoming. Yeah, so it's like a thirst to not be. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of good examples. Um, but you know how sometimes you know we have a you know actually we all know this really well. You've had a bit of a, a full day or a challenging day, and at the end of it, we just want to disappear. Yeah, and how do we want to disappear? You know, we want to go to sleep, or you know, we want to. Um, distract ourselves. Yeah, that's a form of non-becoming. Yeah, like watch television. Yeah. Do something that's just distracting away from experience. So it has, yeah, that, that has that side. And I just want to name it. Yeah, there's the becoming and the, and the um, non-becoming. And that's a strong pull. And for some of us, that will be a stronger pull. One will be a stronger pull than the other. So we've already really beautifully been, been hearing this in, in the questions and the comments and the sharings before, but part of what we're seeing when we look through this map, when we look through the lens of dependent origination at our experience and we see all these layers, yeah, we see, ah, these are really strong habits. Yeah, <laughs> they're really strong habits, uh, but we can also see, ah, there's all these layers onto the experience and a strong habit of identification of um, kind of making this about me, yeah, is not essential. Not essential. Doesn't have to be there, yeah. And certainly not essential for us to live really well, yeah? to enjoy beauty, yeah, to feel love, to be nourished, yeah, and also to attend to what's challenging and painful, yeah. All of that is possible and actually um, possible even more yeah? when there's less of this intensification, let's call it, of the, of the becoming. So um, I've had loads of examples of this in my own experience in the last week. <laughs> I'm only going to give one, hopefully, see if I manage to just give one. So. This is also, I think sleep is a wonderful opportunity uh, and kind of problem sleeping even more to, to understand how our experience is, is built up. Um, so I was, I was, you know, I'd, I'd gone to bed and I was really wired. You know, I was quite wired. And I could tell I was. I was very tired and very wired. Um, and so, you know, there's this buzziness. I wasn't falling asleep. Uh, I was staying at contact with the restlessness, the buzz buzziness in the body. And, and I could feel that, you know, because of the context of wanting to go to sleep, you know, being tired, wanting to go to sleep, then the Vedana of the experience is unpleasant, right? Like the buzziness itself wasn't, wasn't, you know, the kind of buzziness that wasn't, but wanting to go to sleep and not being able to because of the buzziness, that was unpleasant. So that was interesting. And then there started to be noise from outside. Yeah, actually two noises. There were cats wailing, 
I don't know if you get this in Europe so much. In Israel, we get it a lot, like cats kind of fighting or, you know, having their mating rituals, very noisy. There were cats doing, doing that and the neighbors um, were on their balcony chatting. Yeah, so two, these two kind of realms of sounds came in. Yeah, and again, then there's that contact is unpleasant. Yeah, and then feeling that uh, craving and clinging towards falling asleep, which means the other side of that coin. I think you've just frozen up a bit, Selha. I don't know whether that's true for everybody right now. I think I'm maybe back. she'll try and come back on. My I'm back. Can you hear me? Yes, that's better. Yeah. Thank you. Great. So that's a that's a kind of a, a Zoom gift to give us a bit of a pause. Thanks, Anne. So there's the noise from outside, and that's unpleasant. There's the craving to fall towards falling asleep. Um, you know, so you can feel that push pull. And actually, when I was paying attention to the experience, I noticed that what was disturbing me about the noise wasn't the noise <laughs> it was actually the push-pull yeah that movement of the clinging and the craving yeah and the build-up into the identification of the sense of self and the sense of other yeah especially towards the people more than the cats right why are they disturbing me less diff it's more difficult to do it with the cats <laughs> yeah but why are they disturbing me huh? and so um it's really, we can see the process of the becoming. I have become the one who is disturbed. Yeah, do you see that? The buildup of, of suddenly the identity. I am being disturbed. I am the one who is disturbed. Yeah. So we can, I'm kind of um, breaking down this process here uh, because it can be really helpful to see this. This is a process of fabrication. It's a process of experience being shaped and built up from different components. Yeah. And there's layers that are continuously added on. Yeah. So when I was thinking about this, I was saying, I was thinking, you know, we often give this example in teachings of, of kind of peeling an onion and more and more layers come away uh, but actually when we look at how our experience is shaped we actually see that we're adding layers to the onion does that make sense you know there's the there's the you know the original you know there might be something there there's restlessness and then there's noise and then there's the vedana and then there's the push pull and it's another layer and then there's the becoming and the contraction yeah and the sense of self and that has a vedana and it keeps building up so it's like actually we're kind of making this enormous onion right there in the bed uh, with us. So it gets bigger, yeah, as we continue. Um, if we don't see clearly, yeah, and if we're not clear about our intention also, yeah, if we have a wholesome intention, that can shift this. So we can see this as kind of adding layers onto an experience, yeah, making it heavier, more dense. Um, we can also see it, as I've said earlier, as an inten a, a kind of an escalation of intensity. Yeah, everything becomes more intense, more loud, more fixed, more rigid, yeah, more clearly defined. Yeah. Here I am, <laughs> I'm here and I'm disturbed, yeah, and I can't sleep because of them, yeah, and it's, you know, actually, no, I wasn't asleep before they started talking, <laughs> and now it's because of them, yeah, it's all become 
this. Um, so, you know, this is where seeing, ah, it's fabricated, it's put together, it's these layers that are built up on top of each other that are um, kind of really shaping the experience right now. And when we talk about fabrication, I'm just going to mention this. Uh, some of you know this fabrication. Yeah, this um, sankara. It's also one of the um, links in the chain. Uh, uh, much earlier on in the in the in the map, um, but actually sankara fabrications formations. Um, they it points to how the experience is shaped through the body, through the language, and through our mentality. Yeah, so if we look at this example, yeah, the bodily fabrication, yeah, body's agitated and tired and contracted all together. <laughs> yeah, that's impacting. Yeah. The mind is restless, yeah, and aversive. Yeah, that's also kind of adding that in. Yeah, and the thoughts, yeah, and we notice this, you know, Aura was bringing it in her question. We notice it with other people. They have a particular language, a particular tone. Yeah, in this case, there's a lot of I in them. I can't sleep. I'm being disturbed. And also a lot of you. You're disturbing me. Yeah. So we can see the whole buildup of the process. I'm just going to check that that makes sense to people. Yeah. And so if we go back to, you know, that experience, and I particularly chose that one, the noise is not a big problem. It really wasn't. The levels of the noise were not really problematic. I could really, I could really feel, I didn't say this, I could feel myself reaching out, yeah, to the sound of people talking, yeah, as a way of justifying why I wasn't falling asleep. It was easier, and we do this, yeah? This is also the way the sense of self builds up, to make sense of experience. I'm not falling asleep because of them. It's not just I'm not falling asleep because I'm not falling asleep, yeah? Get pulled, really feel this gravitational magnetic pull, yeah? So paying attention to this, this was really fun. I don't know if this has come across yet because I could see it. and I was seeing very clearly. So even though I was seeing it, I wasn't getting caught up in it. It's very interesting. Paying attention, yeah, you can see, ah, this whole process of identification of the buildup of the self, yeah, that's what's disturbing me, yeah? That's what's disturbing me. The push-pull is disturbing me, not the noise in this case. And I could also see that kind of, you know, I'm paying attention to this, but it still fluctuates, yeah? As people have said, you kind of, your attention just kind of becomes a little bit less present and it builds up without noticing and then you notice again. So the more, the more intense, the louder the sense of self, yeah, the more disturbing the noise. Yeah, the two dependent on each other. It was very interesting to see. Yeah, the more sense of I'm being disturbed, the louder the noise seemed. Yeah, the more disturbing it was, depending on each other. So when we see clearly, yeah, when we see clearly, and, and this is, you know, in some way, this is the core of these teachings is, can we see clearly? Can we be interested in seeing clearly, be interested in what we see? Yeah. When we see clearly, then we can continuously let go of that process of 
intensification of things getting more intense. We can let go of the buildup. We're not adding more layers to that onion. Yeah. And that allows, you know, in this example, a relaxation. Yeah. I'm not building up that contractedness. I'm not building up the me and them. Yeah. This, you know, my body and the noise. Yeah. Not building that up. And so that relaxation, as opposed to the fighting against, opens up the possibility to then attend, yeah, to relax the body. Relax the body. Soothe the mind. And even, as we've heard from other people here, it's possible to do, to change the thoughts, yeah, to choose a different thought that's more wholesome and more onward leading, yeah. And we've been doing that, yeah, through the practice. Just say, oh, what's peaceful right now? Yeah. Or, you know, relax. Yeah. Relax. It's okay. Just soothing. It's okay. How often do we say to ourselves, it's okay? Yeah. And when we get into a, into a tiz. So this was a very particular experience and I'm, I'm kind of want to have a little caveat. It doesn't mean, if you go to bed, you know, tonight and someone in your house is kind of playing really loud music that it's it's not okay to go and say, to ask them to turn it down. <laughs> That's not what we're talking about. Yeah. It's just, um, you know, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't create the best conditions for, you know, our sleep or our diet or our exercise or other ways that we look after ourselves. Yeah. But it's just interesting in what it reveals and in the fact that it kind of opens up a lot more possibilities of working with our experience. So, you know, becoming is is a really, um, on the one hand, just follows on, just really, it's very clear, this trajectory, yeah, from from the push-pull to becoming. Um, but also we can see, yeah, what is it, what's happening there? The birth of the sense of self, of the identity, identity and the identification. Yeah. So the birth of an experience and the birth of an experience. Yeah. And when there's birth, there's death. Yeah. And then the Buddha, you know, says, and death leads to distress. Yeah. And so, you know, we can see this. If I'm identified as someone, yeah, if I'm identified as someone, that means I'm dependent on something. Yeah. So I might be identified as the one who feels like this. Yeah. The one who feels peaceful. Yeah. Right now. I'm dependent on the peacefulness. Right. How long can I hold on to that identity if the peace goes? Right. If I'm, um, if, if my, if I'm identified as someone who has something, yeah, yeah, I'm the one with this, you know, pretty ugly headset, yeah, I might be identified with that, yeah, and I'm dependent on that headset, yeah, or I might be identified with a role, yeah, yeah. And then I'm dependent on the role. You know, what happens to the Dharma teacher if nobody shows, shows up yeah. to, to, a, to a session, right? I'm dependent on the, on the role. So if we're identified as some, someone, we're dependent 
on other things. Yeah? And when conditions change and that which I'm dependent on changes, distress will follow. This is the birth and the death, right? It's natural. It happens. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. So the emotion changes. Yeah. The peace goes. Yeah. What happens? Yeah. What happens to my identification with being peaceful? And sometimes this can happen with more intensity and sometimes it can happen much more subtly. And it's interesting to see what happens. Yeah. So it might be, um, you know, that it just leads to the whole process again from the beginning, right? So we had this whole buildup, yeah? this whole buildup of something. Yeah. And we just go back. Yeah. To, to the beginning. So I've lost the peacefulness and now the whole thing will build up and I become identified, you know, as the person who's lacking peacefulness, who's not peaceful. Do you see what I mean? You know, the whole thing builds up again with a new experience. Yeah. Yeah. Or we kind of look for the next thing, the next fix. Yeah. I got that. That's gone now. I just need to look for something else that will make me happy. So we can see, and I'm bringing this, I'm kind of hopefully not going too fast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just wanting to kind of just kind of flow a little bit along this map yeah? and to see how this leads back. If we're not looking, if we're not paying attention, if we're not interested, if we're not working with this, it will lead us back to ignorance and strengthen it. Yeah. Because we're not seeing clearly yeah, that all appearances are dependent, including the sense of self. Yeah? And that where we're heading, yeah, when we kind of get confused about what brings dukkha and what leads away from it, is to more dukkha. So, you know, dependent origination is a map. Yeah, it's a map that leads to freedom. Yeah. And really helpful to remember the freedom is not about just transcending this process, getting rid of it, yeah. and finding some other dimension. Yeah, we can find freedom within this, yeah, through understanding it. Yeah. Understanding um what supports freedom? Yeah, what supports letting go of the conditions that lead to dukkha? And part of that is understanding our mutual dependency, you know, that our experience is constantly shaped, constantly constructed, yeah, shaped by so many things. You know, I said at the beginning, I've had a really long day, really busy. <laughs> Spent a lot of time on the road. That's not not particularly one of my favorite things to do. Yeah. That shapes this right now. Yeah. It's shaping this right now. Yeah. So, yeah, remembering ah, things are dependently arising. We can use that as a gateway to freedom. Yeah. Use that dependently arising. What happens when I look that way? What happens as we've heard people doing? Yeah. When I align yeah, with intentions, intentions that are wholesome, yeah, 
when I generate yeah, the oomph <laughs> to practice and to look yeah, at my experience, when I don't believe wholeheartedly <laughs> at what's going on right now, yeah. is real, yeah. is unchanging, yeah. is this way. And so, yeah, we've had like this exploration together and I'm still in it, yeah, of this, of this teaching. And I just wanted to say one more thing about the understanding um, of, of dependent origination of these teachings and of emptiness and of fabrication of all of these related and interrelated teachings. Um, there can be different uh, resolutions of understanding, yeah which are all really useful. Yes, sometimes we can have, and someone said it last time, we can hear and we can just have a sense of the whole. Just understand, ah, there's something here. I don't get it in the detail, but there's something here. I actually remember this from what my first meditation retreat in the insight tradition with a teacher who spoke about dependent origination and emptiness a lot. Yeah. And I remember this really strong sense of there's something here. Yeah. I don't understand it, but there's something here. So we have this sense of resonance. We have this, and this makes sense, but I don't know how. Yeah. So that can be one way that the understanding is resonating in us. And it's really, really valuable. Yeah. It's like one resolution of the big picture, the wholeness. And then there can also be, you know, the resolution of more detail. Now looking at more detail, what does this, yeah, what does contact feel like? Yeah, what does Vedana feel like? What is working with push pull like? What is becoming? Yeah, like looking more specifically. Yeah, how does it feel when it's there, and how does it feel when it's not there? Very important. Yeah, what's the pleasant Vedana, and what's the unpleasant? What's the, um, what, what does it feel like when there's contraction? What does it feel like when uh, there's release of contraction? Yeah. What does it feel like when the process of becoming is amplified and intensified? What happens when it's relaxed and opened and released? So both of these are really important um, and really helpful. Yeah. And wherever you find yourself, yeah, with this, um, just remembering yeah, this teaching is for you. Yeah. This teaching is for you. It's for all of us. And you're getting it yeah, in your own way and your own time. Yeah. These are teachings for a lifetime. Yeah. And this remembering this is what the Buddha saw into very clearly. Yeah after years and years and years of intense practice. So it's okay <laughs> that we don't get it completely. Yeah. And it doesn't mean at all that we won't. Yeah. So let's have a, a little pause here, uh, have a little break, and then we'll come back for a practice and hopefully um, a little bit more time for questions. Uh, and to wrap up, so let's have, uh, let's take till 10 past the hour and come back then.
Thank you for your listening. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.